Hey everyone, this is Dr. William Clark here. So glad that you're joining us for the Dr. William Clark podcast. This podcast is focused on helping nonprofits simplify the fundraising processes they use so they can build six-figure programs without chasing funders. I don't know about you, but I wish I knew this information before I started working in the nonprofit world years ago. But I'm here to help you build six-figure programs and I'm here to help you on your journey. So would you be so kind to not only listen to this podcast, would you also rate, would you also subscribe, would you also comment on this podcast wherever you're listening? And lastly, would you also be kind enough to share this podcast with a friend or a colleague who you believe can benefit from the content we're sharing? Now, we are here to help and support you on this journey, and I believe that we have some resources that can help you quite a bit. So go ahead, like, comment, subscribe, and share this podcast. Now, let's jump into our show. Hey everybody, this is Dr. William Clark here, your host of the Dr. William Clark Podcast. Glad to have you guys here for another episode. This is the podcast where we talk about uh, how to simplify your fundraising approaches without chasing funders. And I'm super excited to be with you for another episode. We're still in the middle of our series, How to Raise $100,000 in Six Months for Your New Nonprofit. And so I'm super excited to come to you today with updated, fresh content that can help you on your journey. This particular podcast episode is brought to you by the Fundraising Masterclass, a nonprofit fundraising masterclass. This masterclass was created with you in mind. We created this masterclass to help you simplify your approach to developing fundable programs that are attractive to funders and to do so without chasing funders. And if you're looking to join our next cohort, uh, which is filling up now, our July cohort, feel free to submit your application at nonprofitfundingstrategies.com. Again, it's nonprofitfundingstrategies.com. All right, let's jump into our content today, guys. Uh, we want to uh, continue this thought around how to build six-figure programs that are attractive to funders. And uh, how can you raise $100,000 in six months or less? Uh, and we've covered a number of things here uh, on our podcast. I want to kind of provide some thoughts here, and then we'll kind of get into a discussion and invite a few folks to the stage to kind of share uh, their thoughts here with us. But here's something I want to stress uh, with all of you as we are talking about how to build these uh, six-figure programs and how to do so, how, how to raise that, that level of money uh, in six months or less. The, one of the things that uh, is consistent in all the strategies we talk about, no matter which strategy we're talking about, whether it's individual donors, whether it's grants, whether it's fundraisers, whether it's events, earned income, uh, fill in a blank, or sponsors, the thing that's consistent amongst all of this stuff is making sure that you have a solid plan in place. Now, this is separate from, in, in and of itself, from the strategic planning process uh, for your organization, in some cases, this is separate from the fundraising plan that you're going to develop or should develop for your organization, so on and so on. On a broader scale, when we're talking about how to raise $100,000 in six months or less, uh, you need to have a strategy, a plan, a how-to guide that's going to help you reach these goals, this level of goal for your organization, and not to just do it once, but to do it over and over and over and over again, that level of consistency that you're looking for when it comes to building a six-figure program uh, comes from having a solid plan in place, okay? So you're going to have to have a plan in place that articulates what you're doing and how you're going to do it and how often you're going to do it and who is involved in the development or who's involved in some of the action that's going to take place to meet said goal. 
So in this case, in this example, we're talking about raising $100,000 in six months. Who's going to be a part of that process, that journey for you? Who's going to be a part of that journey in helping you meet the goals that you have uh, that are coming up? How are you going to simplify the goals that you have? So if we have a goal of raising $100,000 in six months, what are the milestones you're going to put in place to get us from this month and six months from now? The milestones that you have helps you frame out the approach you're going to take to make this a reality. This is why we stress every time we come live on the podcast or in Clubhouse or on Facebook or elsewhere, uh, we stress the importance of having together, putting together a solid plan so that you can govern every activity that must take place to help you reach your goal. Organizations that have uh, these level of goals, organizations that achieve these goals of raising the money that they need for their organization, they don't do so because they're just a big conglomerate. They don't do so because they know the right people only. They don't do so because of their history or what they've been through or what they've done. They hit these goals. They accomplish what they want to accomplish programmatically, financially, operationally, from a board level, etc. They do so because there's a plan in place. And so the message today, the lesson today, is to focus on developing a plan. Now, at it at the core, we offer and we provide and talk about the four core documents every nonprofit needs to raise money of any type, any level, any amount. Those four core documents are your strategic plan for your organization. What's the plan over the next three to five years for your organization? What's the forecast? How do we project out what we're going to work on, how we're going to accomplish the goals, what goals we're going to be accomplishing over the next three to five years? The next core document is your your fundraising plan. How much money do we need to raise over the next three to five years that lines up with our strategic plan? And who has the money that we are in need of and who within our inner circle, whether it's our senior staff, our development director, our board members, our network of partners, etc., who within our inner circle has that money and who can help us access that money, and then who within our inner circle can help us tap into that money? Who knows who? Who can help help us open the door to tapping into that money? The third document is your master grant application. What is the core message we want to tell funders, and how do we design it in a, in a way that allows us to get a three- to five-year shelf life from that core document and the final document is your multi-year budget how much do we need to fund uh this three to five year plan how much do we need to operate uh over the next three to five years so on and so on that's one level of planning but in a case of just raising one hundred thousand dollars in six months no matter how you do it no matter which pathway you take At the end of the day, what's more important is that you look at how we're going to make it happen, which is, in other words, what's your plan? And don't tell me that you have a plan uh, in theory or in your mind. What is the plan that is written down on paper? What is the plan that's been documented inside your project management software and communicated 
to your partners and stakeholders and board members and any other person who's going to add any value to the planning process. You want to raise $100,000 in six months. You want to get your nonprofit off the ground in a healthy way. The simple question is, what's your plan? We want to reset the room a little bit. We want to welcome folks to the live recording of the Dr. William Clark podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about how to simplify your fundraising approach without chasing funders. This episode is brought to us by the Nonprofit Fundraising Masterclass. It was created by nonprofit leaders for nonprofit leaders to help you simplify your fundraising approach without chasing funders. If you want to join our next cohort, go to nonprofitfundingstrategies.com. Again, that's nonprofitfundingstrategies.com. With that being said, I want to welcome Susan to the stage. Susan, how are you this morning? Uh, you're still on mute, Susan. There I am. There I am. I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> um, I'm doing great and really applauding everything that you were saying. I mean, I keep going, amen, amen, amen. <laughs> um, you, you're not going to succeed without a plan. And I'll give you an example. I'm working right now with a small organization in a rural area that has been successful. It's been around since 1996. And when I came on board, I said, I need to see your strategic plan, your fundraising plan, your master grant application and budgets from the past five years and four projected the next three. And they looked at me like I had three heads. Mm -hmm. This organization will not move forward until they have these things. So, I mean, the good news is I've just secured a great position for the next probably two years as a consultant. The bad news is they have developed by not having these four, this four pronged approach. They have developed some very bad habits for any organization, particularly in a small area, because it's who you know and quid pro quo and all of that. So I'm going in and um, as an outsider and really rocking their world, if you will. And it's been very interesting. You cannot succeed without these four items. And it's not uncommon. A home, you know, the life cycle of a nonprofit. A couple of people got a great idea, want to help a cause, they get together. They're doing it organically. And then suddenly they decide, wow, maybe we need to officially get a 501c3 or see whatever. And uh, they do that. And then they, they develop a board and they start meeting and now they need an executive director. So these kind of things are not in their wheelhouse per se. You know, someone is president of Rotary and vice president of the bank and another is a housewife, they may not have areas of expertise in developing these four uh, approaches that are absolutely essential and necessary. So this is not uncommon, but I think I've got my hands full. I can't applaud you enough, Doc, for you know really rolling over the strategic plan, the fundraising plan, the, multi, the master grant application is so key and it saves such time. It's a lot of work up front. But man, when you get that down, you've got it down and you can roll with it. And that uh, fund the, uh, the budget, you have to see where you've been. You have to identify where you're going and not with fake numbers, with hard numbers. <laughs> if your employees each make $30,000 a year, are you going to you know increase a cost of living? Are you going to give them a raise? Are you going to put anything into employee development? You have to look at that because what another thing I find in nonprofits is, they don't provide a career trajectory for their employees 
employees get stale and they go away and there goes your institutional history. In some cases, that's a good thing. In other cases, it's not a good thing. So thank you for all that you do, Doc. I love hearing you. I haven't been able to pop in lately because I've been so busy, but I try to catch you when I can. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And I think you're just echoing the same thoughts, right? And you and I are, are on the same page here. You know, one of the things that I tend to do, Susan, I don't know if you do this too, but before uh, people, people, when they get on a call with me or they want to talk about, you know, their nonprofit and fundraising, they really want to uh, jump into the money piece because that's like the pressing issue in their mind. But what many clients don't realize, what many nonprofits don't realize is what's more important than you raising money right now is you taking the time to develop a plan. Because at the end of the day, I'm sure you can, I know I can, Susan, spout off a number of fundraising approaches, of a number of ways to make money like right now and without a plan. Those ideas fall to the wayside and it leads to inconsistency. It leads to mistakes and missteps. And and look, let me just say this too, right? Even with the plan, we're going to make mistakes. Yeah. But But the benefit of the plan is when the mistake happens – we can go back and see, well, when, where do we make the mistake? Why do we make the mistake? Is there something we can learn here? Is there something we should throw away? Is there something we can build upon? The plan gives you the opportunity to properly reflect because sometimes, Susan, and jump in here, sometimes the mistake leads to some of the most awesome ideas. But if you don't have a plan that reflects, you know what? We stumbled upon this idea that was buried in the plan somewhere. How can you point back to how you got to that point? Absolutely. And, you know, I find that when people have their, when they have these four components, they're almost afraid to examine them. Now, with me, with the strategic plan, I like to build in elements of measure. So you can say in three months, we're going to have achieved this or be on our way. In five months, we're going to have achieved this or be on our way. It is okay to stop right there and say, you know, this is not going the way we're going, we're supposed to go. Let's reevaluate. And because of the plan, you are then able to do a proper reevaluation and go into a different direction. And it could be uh, serendipitous by, by being able to say, yeah, I made a mistake. That, because that's what it boils down to. An executive director might not want to admit that he or she has made a mistake because, you know, they have to answer to the board. What I tell my boards is, I am going to make mistakes and I am going to own them and I'm going to tell you about them. And then I'm also going to tell you how we go move on from that point. Absolutely. By being that transparent, it works. Absolutely. I, I believe in the mistake process. I believe in tripping up over our feet because the faster we can make those mistakes, the sooner we either get to our end point or the sooner we find out the true answer to our question. Right. Yes. And it's yes. through the exploratory process. It's through the action process. Here's another thing, Susan. You know, one, one of the benefits of just going through the planning process and then taking action is that oftentimes uh, we don't realize we don't know. Let me just say this. We don't know what the future holds. No one does. Unless you're God, uh, you don't know what the future holds. And so the plan is not something that stymies action or the future of your organization. Actually, the plan is something that gives you discipline to move forward in a targeted direction. Yep. Now, 
I happen to believe, and I'm a person of faith, that in order for me to find the will of God for our company, our organization, our projects, I have to be moving in some sort of a direction. And by doing so, I allow myself to be vulnerable enough to be corrected and pointed in the right direction. Here's a non-spiritual example of this. If you use a, a GPS to go anywhere, the GPS will give you directions, but the GPS is only as good as you, your ability to move in one direction or the other. If you're standing still, the GPS can't tell you anything. It may point to a potential direction you can go to, but if you're not going in a direction, the accuracy of the GPS becomes questionable. So now you have to move in one direction or the other so the GPS can make adjustments to its guidance to you. And this is the same way plans of all types work, whether it's a strategic plan or an action plan, whether it's a complex plan or a simple one, two, three step plan. You need the plan in place to help you make the corrective action so you can get to where you are destined to go. I'll close with this, Susan, and, and please jump in here. Oftentimes, we have these expectations of our companies, of our organizations, and quite frankly, what we expect to accomplish may not be meant for us. So how do you find a place that's meant for you? you got to take some sort of action and make it targeted action with a dedicated plan to help you guide every step of the way. Yep, I completely agree. It all comes down to that. And I'll tell you another thing. These uh, four documents are also helpful when you get a board member or a community leader who comes to your door and says, hey, I've got a great idea for a fundraiser. You'll raise lots of money selling subs. Absolutely. Well, what about the manpower that goes into that? So you have your strategic plan. You have your fundraising plan. I also use a logic model. And I, I show the person. I run the sub idea through the logic model. And it doesn't serve, in most cases, our uh, mission statement. So you get out of it that way, but you've got to be moving, you've got to be listening, and you've got to be thinking ahead. I mean, I'm already planning an event 18 months down the road for one organization. So, and, and, and I tell you, a really good example, too, with what you just said, is COVID. Yep. Uh, I feel bad for those organizations who had no plan because when COVID hit and shut us all down, uh, a lot of organizations aren't turning back up so you know you have to have that and i think COVID has also shown us the benefits of having uh in case this happens do this in case that happens do that uh technology has been really big and some nonprofits think that their entire staff needs supervision they don't need supervision <laughs> they need leadership they need a mission they need direction so uh that's all I'll say. I've got to jump off of here for another call, but I'm so glad I caught you. I always enjoy hearing you talk. Awesome, Susan. Thanks for your contributions. And to that, I say amen. Folks, as we wrap this particular episode, and thanks again, Susan, for your contribution, uh, I want to stress the importance of what we talked about today. It's all about planning. It's all about taking action, dedicated action, targeted action through the guidance of a plan. If you don't have a plan, you need one. And if you don't know how to develop a solid, strategic, uh, goal-oriented plan, then I'm going to personally invite you to join our next cohort of the Nonprofit Fundraising Masterclass, where we're going to go over this stuff and actually develop it real-time in the course over the seven weeks that we will be together. If you want to do that, if you want to start that journey, then go to NonprofitFundingStrategies.com. Again, it's NonprofitFundingStrategies.com and submit your application today. With that being said, guys, we'll catch you later for the next 
next episode. This is Dr. William Clark. See you later. Hey everyone, this is Dr. William Clark here. I just wanted to come on really quick and say thank you for listening to another episode of the Dr. William Clark Podcast. We are here to help you uh, simplify your processes so you can triple fundraising results to support the programs that mean so much to you. Would you be so kind to like, comment, and share this particular podcast? We are indebted to you for being faithful listeners to this particular podcast show. And we want to continue to spread uh, this message to other people who can benefit from it. So please share this podcast episode and entire show with your colleagues your friends and people who you know can benefit from this you can connect with us in two ways you can go to drwilliampclark.com again that's drwilliampclark.com or you can visit us at my sixfigurefunding.com again that's my sixfigurefunding.com there you can register for our free upcoming webinar how to triple fundraising results without chasing funders It is possible, and I share with you the secrets on how to do that. Thanks again. We'll see you in the next episode.